0: Praise the Lord. Message this morning, as the days of Noah, I trust we can receive the strength of God's word this morning. Not my words, the words from the book, the word of God. Let's begin with Matthew 24, verse 37 to 42, the words of Jesus himself. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know, they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Maranatha, our Lord comes. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be then two men will be in the field. One will be taken out in the judgment, and the other left, for the meek shall inherit the earth. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, just like that generation, taken out by the judgment of God, and the other left, for the meek shall inherit the earth. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. You do not know what hour your Lord is coming. A generation as in the days of Noah. And the Bible says that the people were living carelessly, eating and drinking, giving in marriage, receiving in marriage. Life was busy. They were all caught up with life. But there was no regard for God in that generation. No regard for his judgments, no respect for the judgment of God in judgment day. Jesus said, as the days of Noah, so will the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. So we should go back to Genesis chapter 6 and find out what the days of Noah were like. Jesus encouraged us to do that. Genesis 6, 1 to 12. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. The limited lifespan after the flood. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. As it was in the days of Noah, Jesus said, so it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I sometimes wonder... Is God grieved once again over humanity, over what has taken place on the earth? Five characteristics of that Noah culture and day. Number one, disinterest in God and spiritual things. Eating and drinking, giving in marriage, caught up with life, busy, no time for God. Disinterest in God and spiritual things in the Noah generation. Number two, corruption, deceit, and fraud, and lies, evil, and wickedness, corruption of the flesh life, deficiency in character, rebellion, and vileness in that generation. Number three, violence, violence and cruelty, such hatred, In the heart of man and anger in the heart of man on the planet i'm surprised at the number of you that in the last year or two have told me that you can no longer watch the late night horror show the evening news because you can't handle the violence and the corruption and the reporting that comes across the screen number four immorality immorality The sexual revolution of the 1960s and 70s, I don't think anyone saw the extent to which it would go until today. The sanctity of marriage and moral purity is almost not even discussed or considered. It's just taken for granted that people sleep around. That there's different forms of immorality. The presentation on films and screen and Programming is right down that line. A world filled with immorality. And number five, demonic intrusion in sexual realms. Demonic intrusion in sexual realms. The sons of God came down to the daughters of men. Who were these sons of God? Some say they were the righteous line the godly line that became compromised and fell to compromise and complacency and fell to the same corrupt nature as the ungodly and the unrighteous of that day. Others think that the sons of God were a specific, particular strain of demonic beings that intruded into the realms of mankind. One thing we do understand from Scripture Both interpretations can apply, but that there was demonic intrusion into human sexual realms in the days before the flood is very apparent when you read the other books of the Bible, especially the latter books of Peter, Jude, down at the end of the Bible as it was in the days of Noah. I look at our day and our generation today, the demonic intrusion in sexual realms. Who could have believed the staggering cost, and the toll, and the magnitude of the killing of the unborn children. Children yet in the womb, untold millions upon millions in the last 40, 50 years. Demonic intrusion into sexual realms. The mutilation of the bodies of men and women today made possible by medical means. And the acceptance and celebration of a union that is entirely contrary to the Word of God, in kind, entirely contrary to nature, and an affront to the Word of God, an affront to the image of God. The enemy couldn't help himself, he tripped over his own feet. Pride comes before a fall. Say well there are such a small percentage we've heard it said such a small percentage of people that are persuaded to this or that but the bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump a little corruption will go through the entirety and the devil knows that a little leaven leavens the lump he knows a little corruption will spread through and so it has Until today, entire corporations and businesses and city councils and school boards and teachers and even parents all bow, all bow to the demonic agenda in sexual realms. Reminds me of the days of Daniel, chapter 3. When you hear the sound, everybody bow. When you hear the command, everybody fall down and bow. And the Bible says all nations and languages that were gathered before Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar bowed and worshiped the image that was set up. Worship the philosophy. That was set up worship the agenda that was set up but three men didn't bow three young men didn't bow Shadrach Meshach and Abednego a lot of Jews were bowing but three men didn't bow and the heat was turned up seven times hotter And those three young men were cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. But someone met them in the fire and kept the flames at bay. They walked, they were thrown into that fire, and they found in that fire there was another man there, the fourth man, the Son of God, walking with them in the fire. He met them in the fire, and they were loose and free, and they were delivered by a mighty deliverance of God all bow but three young men didn't bow let's not bow let's stand we don't have to shout and scream but let's just stand stand silently if need be but let's stand where we can and let's be vocal for the Lord where opportunity provides some of our children are standing in the school system It's not easy to stand today. No easier than it was for those three young Hebrew men because when you stand, you are viewed with suspicion and you are scorned and you are shunned because the image is so strong and everybody's falling. Our children stand in the school system and because of it, they are cajoled by teachers and questioned and encouraged and prodded along. It takes the power of God in our lives and strength of God to stand. We must be careful. We must be careful. Parents be on guard against so-called harmless yoga exercises and stretches. Some of you have come to me and said we pull our children away from those Classes and those things and they always wonder why the teachers are always trying to encourage it on The subtle introduction of animism Nature worship The spirit in nature the spirit in the bear the spirit in the trees and on it goes It's a day to stand. The Bible says, stand and having done all to stand. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. The enemy tried to steal the rainbow, but he only got six colors, the number of man. And God protected the covenant promise. He's got seven colors of perfection and life and peace and eternal salvation. That's our Lord. Let's stand in this hour. Let's stand for the Lord. Let's stand for truth and righteousness as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Five characteristics. And they're here. Listen to what Martin Luther said in his day. I say, Martin Luther, why did you and your reformers, why did you protest so loudly? You Protestants, you Protestants you could have had a much quieter life. You could have had a a peaceable life. How many are glad that the reformers, that they stood, that men like Martin Luther stood for the gospel in a day where there was corruption and defilement of the religious orders? We're all here because of the grace of God and because truth has been preserved and guarded. I love Martin Luther. I love John Calvin. I love John Huss. I love Zwingli. I love the reformers and the men who were persecuted and gave their lives and even their families for the gospel that we can stand with the word of God in our hands today. For it was forbidden for a man or woman to hold the word of God in their hand And read the powerful scriptures of the Lord, the word of the Lord. You've magnified your word above your name. Listen to what Martin Luther said If I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at the moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ however boldly I may be professing Christ. Let's take that up again. If I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at the moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proven. And to be steady on all the battlefield besides is merely flight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. Wow. Genesis 6, 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In Genesis 7-1, the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. The Lord said, Noah, you and your whole family come into the house, because I have seen you righteous in this generation. Jesus for my family. What a promise of God. You mean a father? Happy Father's Day. You mean a father can walk in that kind of relationship with God, in that kind of righteousness and holiness and separation that God says, I'm going to cover your family too, and I'm going to make sure they're saved, and they come with you into the ark of salvation. The Bible says it's true. As it was in the days of Noah, a world corrupt and violent and defiled, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord, the Bible say, are searching to and fro throughout the earth to find those who are loyal to the living God, to find those who have a heart for God. What God thinks of us is far, far more important than what the world thinks of us. It pays to serve God, and it will pay even more fully at Judgment Day, that we have served the Lord. David said, The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, and according to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. Now David walked in the righteousness of God, He didn't have a righteousness morally or spiritually of his own. He needed the blood of Christ. He needed the forgiveness and salvation of God like every one of us. But he worked out his salvation with fear and trembling. And the Bible says he became a righteous man, mature and holy and godly. And he said, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. And according to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. Don't slip on greasy grace. Your conduct, your righteous conduct, matters before God, and it brings the blessing of the Lord. Noah, I've seen you righteous. You and all your family come into the ark of salvation. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to keep you from the judgments of God and bring you into a new world wherein dwells righteousness. It's hard to believe. But the Bible says that only eight righteous people were left in the earth when the flood came. Only eight righteous people. A world that had corrupted itself, a godly line that had compromised and fallen in with the world. Casual Christianity, culturally acceptable, all one. Only eight righteous people. Listen to what 1 Peter 3.18 says. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. By whom? By the Spirit. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient Disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight souls were saved through water. Eight souls made it through the judgments of God. There were righteous people in the earth. I don't know how you interpret this text. Some find here a descent of Christ into hell. Between the time of his crucifixion and resurrection in that three-day time period, I'm not sure that's the proper interpretation. I think the interpretation is that Jesus Christ was in that generation before the flood in the days of Noah and he was calling out to the people through the prophets and the preachers and by the Holy Spirit just as he is today. The Holy Spirit was striving with people, but God said, my spirit will not always strive with men. He was calling them to repentance. He was in the mouth of the preachers. His voice was in the mouth of the prophets like Noah and Methuselah and Enoch. The Lord was calling a generation. The Lord was calling for salvation. Enoch, the Bible says, Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of righteousness. Good morning, preachers. Preachers of righteousness, preachers of the truth of God, standing in their day, calling people to salvation. Enoch, the Bible says, walked with God and was not, for God took him. Hebrews 11:5 adds that they sought for Enoch. Enoch was a preacher of righteousness. They sought for him, but they could not find him. The persecutors were after him. They wanted to slay him. They wanted to silence his voice because of his hated message but the Lord translated him and took him to glory. Methuselah died in the year of the flood. All righteous men and women that were truly of God passed away and went to heaven before the flood came. Methuselah lived the longest of any man, 969 years. His life was the embodiment of the long-suffering of God. God was waiting in the days of Noah. God says, Methuselah, his parents gave him a prophetic name. When he dies, it shall come. When he dies, the flood. When he dies, the judgments of God fall on this world. And the Lord said, this is the man that's going to live longer than any man that's ever lived on the earth because I am kind and I am merciful and I am calling and I am giving opportunity for people to come to Christ the Savior, to come to the forgiveness of God. Methuselah died in the year of the flood. Jude chapter 1, verses 14 to 15, here's Enoch's preaching. Now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them, of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. The coming of the Lord, a day of judgment. A day of judgment. They persecuted him. They sought him to destroy him, to silence him. But the Lord rescued him. 2 Peter 2, 4-9. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Hebrews 11, 7, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Noah, come into the ark, you and your family. By faith, Noah, he responded to the word of God, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. The judgment, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his family, by which act he condemned the world. And became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I don't know what kind of a day job Noah had or his sons, but when the day job was done, they were building on the ark according to God's design and God's purpose and God's blueprint, preparing an ark of salvation, salvation of my family, salvation of the righteous, building. Building on the ark. The Bible doesn't say Noah built his house to the saving of his house. It doesn't say Noah prepared his family for the saving of his family. He prepared an ark for the saving of his house. He prepared something outside of himself. Outside of himself, according to divine blueprints and the design of God. And by it, he saved his family and himself and transitioned safely to a new world, to a new world. The Ark of Salvation. What does the Ark of Salvation speak of? First and foremost, it speaks of Christ. Jesus Christ, the Ark of Salvation, the safety of the Lord. We need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. There is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus is God's ark of salvation. It's a song written years ago. I want to quote a couple of the verses and the chorus. Song by Gordon Jensen, come into the ark. Sit on Calvary's hill. An ark has been built, costing the blood of God's Son. With its door open wide, there is safety inside. Whoever will may get on. Come into the ark, for the sky grows dark. There's a storm called God's great judgment day. From its fierce angry waves, in the ark, you'll be saved. Come into the ark today. Final verse of that song, soon to one and to all will go the last call. Then the door of God's mercy will close. Opportunity then will come never again. How soon t'will be, only God knows. As the days of Noah, Jesus said, so will the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. The ark of salvation is first and foremost a person. It's Jesus Christ our Lord. Second, it's the church. The church is an ark of salvation. There's protection in the house of God. The corporate anointing is a covering, it's a defense. The felt presence of God, the corporate manifest presence of God is a shield to us. The favor of the Lord surrounds us. The enemy is broken, the enemy is driven back. We're under the covering and protection of the Lord. Those who play loose with the house of God soon fall into enemy hands. And the knowledge of God soon fades in that family line. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Well, I just watch online. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ, the day of his coming, the day of the great and terrible day of the Lord, judgment day, so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, the enemy drags out his usual half-truths. so popular the last few years, it's not about the building. Or just stay home and live stream a service. That's good enough. Why don't you just stay home and watch some TV preachers? That'll suffice. See, they're half-truths, and half-truths have a lie in them. There's protection in the house of God. There's protection in the local church. There's protection in the gathering of the saints. Let's be wise and prepare an ark of salvation. Worship team, please come. Let's stand together and look at the words of Luke 21, verses 33 to 36. These are quite the words of Jesus. He's cautioning us. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, excess, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day, the day of his coming, judgment day, come on you unexpectedly, For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. A snare in a moment. Takes down a bird, takes down an animal. That's how quick it is. There's no escape. For that day will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Jesus said, watch therefore and pray always. Yet the churches in North America prayer rooms are either non-existent or silent in many ways. Jesus said, "Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man." The marginal says, "Watch therefore and pray always that you may have strength to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man as it was in the days of noah so we all need jesus if you're here this morning and you don't know jesus christ is your lord and savior please slip out from where you are prepare your heart and life for eternity the great day of the lord is coming heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away there's forgiveness there's safety in jesus christ for every one of us today if you don't know the lord slip out from where you are come to the front this morning receive christ as savior maybe your heart has grown cold in noah's day an entire christian culture compromised itself and fell in with the world culturally acceptable couldn't tell much difference between the world and the church of that day but they perished in the flood they didn't make it through the judgments of god and perhaps this, today maybe your heart is a little calloused and cold you're a little disinterested and have walked on the fringes of the house of god and the kingdom of god this morning Would you respond to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is calling. Jesus Christ is in this generation just like he was in Noah's generation, calling through the churches, calling through the evangelists, calling through the preachers, calling you this morning to fire for God. Get on fire for God. Live a holy life. Live pure and holy. Noah, salvation for your family because I've seen you righteous in your generation hallelujah hallelujah let's surrender our hearts to the Lord this morning gracefully broken gracefully broken God's broken our rebellion God's broken our stubbornness God's broken our hard-heartedness so we have a heart after God and a heart after his word Extending his salvation into the earth, praying for kings and those who are in authority and for all men and women of the earth that they might find the salvation of the Lord before it's too late and they go into a Christless eternity. Amen. Let's close out this morning as we worship the Lord together. Altars are open. Please, any need you have, desire after the Lord, please slip out and come if you'd like prayer like to surrender yourself and consecrate yourself before him.